You're listening to the Library Pros Podcast with Chris and Bob, a techie librarian and a computer IT guy discussing libraries, technology, and all things this side of the reference desk. Thanks, Carl. Hi, and welcome to Episode 17 of the Library Pros Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Bob. And we're coming to you today from our home, Chris's home, nice dramatic pause, Very at nice. the Sachem Public Library. Holbrook, New York. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us. The Library Pros podcast is produced bi-monthly, so don't forget to check us out and subscribe to our RSS feed, iTunes, Android, Google Play, and most any podcatcher. Links and notes from today's podcast can be found on our website. This is the part where www, everybody knows that. Okay. So I'm going to skip it. Thelibrarypros.com, on Twitter, at thelibrarypros, or on Facebook, at facebook.com forward slash thelibrarypros. Today, joining us via FaceTime is Angela Newman, who is from the North Country Library System in Watertown, New York. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. Okay, we're going to speak with Angela today about working in a library system in rural northern New York and about her blog, The Frozen Librarian. But uh, before we talk to Angela about the blog and the NCLS, uh, we want to find out more about Angela and her background. So, where did you receive your master's degree? Uh, I went to Drexel University in Philadelphia. That's impressive. I had fun. It was a nice town. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, most people um, that are from, from Long Island either go to uh, Long Island University, CW Post, or Queens College. Mm. We get a Stony Brook oh, every okay. now and then. So, yeah. it's nice to hear somebody went to uh, another another library school that's not one of those two. Yeah. So that's a pretty cool thing. It's nice. Yes. My turn? Your turn. I became right. a sports fan. Oh, you became, don't tell me you're a Flyers and a Phillies fan. No, you have to be a sports fan in Philadelphia. Like, even if you don't follow, like, it's just, I never knew any of the teams. And then as soon as I moved to Philadelphia, that was the year they were in the World Series. And I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess I should know what this is all about. So. <laughs> yeah, you might get hurt I, if you don't. You know. Yeah, it's true. And we don't have, you know, pretty much if you live in upstate New York, you support Syracuse University. And if you follow professional sports, which I don't, you probably like the Yankees. But I'm like, no, I'll take the Philly teams. Those will be my teams. That's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. It, it just goes to show the rest of the state hates the Mets. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not going on record saying that at all. That was Chris, <laughs> Chris DeFaro at our home, Sachem Public Library. Just letting everybody know that apparently most of New York State hates the Mets. That's right. Quote, Even when they're winning. Quote, unquote, Chris, and most of New York State hates the Mets. We just lost 10 listeners. 10. Six. <laughs> the six, Mets have, six on a bad day. Do the Mets have that many fans? Not anymore. <gasps> I, right? Like, career building. I already said I don't follow sports. The career building sentences going on here. That's okay. I was going to ask her if she followed the Buffalo Bisons, but hmm. no. I don't even know. Nope, I, I'm not even going to dig myself into that hole because I'm like, I know the Sabres, they're hockey. That's what I know. We, we should fill our listeners in that all three of us decided we weren't going to babble. And, and now, we've started and babbling. Gone. First question, gone. <laughs> you're right, First you're question, right. out promise. the window. I started it. No, I don't think you did. Please. We, we did because no, we were I talking about we Mets did. and Yankees. Mets and, and Yankees, yeah. All this personal. Wow. Okay. So okay. back to not editing. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you were in the master's program, did you specialize in a specific area, like archiving yes. or special libraries or something like that? I, um, I specialized in youth services. So that's, awesome. I was actually on the fence when I started library school. I was thinking about 
maybe going into archives. So, you know, I had an archives class and it was really interesting, but overall, you know, I, I really enjoy youth services. So that's what I ended up doing. I always knew I was going to be in public libraries. Oh, wow. That's going to be pretty cool when we ask those questions later. Yes. Because right from the beginning, she knew she was going to be in public libraries. Well, that's when she was in. Well, we'll, we'll that's fast forwarding a little too much, I think. We're oh. foreshadowing. Okay. That's not bad, right? Foreshadowing. That's a fancy <laughs> word. So um, where did you start your career? Um, did you do like adult reference work? Did you always start in teens? Did you start in children's? And where were you when you started? Um, it depends on what you consider the beginning. Um, like I, I did an unpaid internship before I was even in library school. And that was when I, because I wanted to make sure that I was going to invest in my education. I really wanted to know that libraries, you know, that that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I actually did that up here in Watertown. But my first professional job as a librarian, um, I was going to say post-grad, but I was still in library school when I got it, um, was as a children's librarian. So that's where I started. That's so cool. Oh, what did you, um, where was your first job? Um, when I was a children's librarian, it was at the Tredifrin Public Library in Chester County, Pennsylvania. It's suburban Philadelphia. Okay. You're out. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, how did you find your way to the North Country Library System? And can you tell Library Land, our listeners, where Watertown is? Oh, sure. Um, well, I'm from upstate New York originally, so um, it was an easy decision to come back. I, you know, I was so lucky to have found a full-time gig when I was still in school. Um, but then as you know, my, my sister moved back into the area, my mother's in the area, I really wanted to get back to upstate New York. Hmm. So I just started looking for opportunities, and I had made connections when I lived in Watertown before. Um, and I, they were hiring, and I applied, and that is... That is the rest. That's really cool. Yeah, especially, you know, um, with the way things are upstate, it's a little bit different than it is down in downstate because um, there aren't that many library positions upstate, right? Um, that is such a good question. Um, there aren't, where, where I live in the North Country, there aren't a lot of full-time library positions Every, you know, every small town has a library, but um, they're not, they're not all full time, even the director positions. So um, if you're looking for a full time gig, then it is, it is harder to find in northern New York. We didn't finish oh, the second part. I never told part. you where Watertown was. I was just going to say that. that. See, Chris, you were going right on. No, I was not. <laughs> you were ready. You already so. checked off. Look, wait. Oh, wait, our listeners can't see it. You can't he see already it. checked off number four. Okay, so go ahead. She's going to tell us all about Watertown, and, New York. And where it is. That's right. Well, I'm going to mm -hmm. tell you where it is. But my first question is, do you know where Syracuse is? See, I know where Watertown is. I don't know where Syracuse is. I know that's it's somewhere. That's you looked it up when you found Angela. Well, I, I'm familiar with up there. That's why. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> my history well, of upstate usually... New York, Christy, Christopher. Sorry. Go ahead. Usually when I'm explaining to people who aren't familiar with New York State where Watertown is, I always start with, well, do you know where Syracuse is? And if they say yes, I say, well, you just hop on Route 81, head north for an hour, and then you'll be there. Hmm. Um, for people that don't know where Syracuse is, um, 
the Thousand Islands region. When I was an undergrad, I used to just tell people it's very close to Canada. Um, (laughs) It is. We're we're about 30 miles from the Canadian border in Watertown. Um, But but I would also say, if you don't know where Syracuse is, that means that you've never been to the New York State Fair. And Mm. you should go there. So, do you have a history with that, Chris? New York State Fair? No, I, I usually go more north way, but mm-hmm. I've been th- I've been through Watertown, hmm. Fort Drum, right? Yeah, yep, absolutely. Tenth Mountain Division. Here we go. What? Nothing. It's where they based. Huh. Okay, he's writing another demerit down for me. <laughs> I love it. That's ninety four. <laughs> Okay. You're so up. tell us about what you do there and feel free to expand and discuss at length because we're, we'll just take you off topic again. If yeah. At length. That's okay. You <laughs> asked for that. Um, so I want to start by explaining how working at a library system is work different than working in a public library because in a public library, you're there to serve the patrons. You're providing direct service mm-hmm. at a library system you're there to provide service to the member library so that they can provide direct service. So a lot of what I do at the system is provide support and resources to our member libraries. Um, if you have a question, feel free to jump in because I will just keep talking. You've not stopped. <laughs> this is good. Keep going. Yeah. No? All right. We're kind of familiar because of the Suffolk County Library System. We're kind of familiar with you know should, how things work down here a little should, bit. Should, should we tell her what the Suffolk Cooperative Library System? Like, what about it? That's that's the comparable for NCLS, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I worked there for six years. That's right. He did. And there you go. But for our listeners, I had a parking spot. It was had, like it was employee of the six month period parking spot. It was good. <laughs> that was it. it. Was there. No, you know what? It was. Awesome. It's exactly like you said. You're serving the libraries that serve the people. That's, that's exactly. You know, and for the listeners, that's tough, right? For them to understand that there's a place that serves member libraries to serve the public better. Right. It's almost like the libraries are the patrons for the library system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that's that's one of the things that I do in the consulting department is um. If a library calls in with just a general question, um, if they have a question about um, their board or if they have a patron issue come up or they need some guidance, they'll call the consulting department and we'll try and walk them through it and, you know, provide, Hmm. you know, provide guidance. I feel like I say provide guidance and support a lot through the course of my job. So I'm trying to think of new ways to say it. But that is essentially what we do with this system is we provide support and guidance. Um, more specifically than just doing that, um, I'm also the youth services coordinator, which means that I provide support and, and guidance. Serving, yeah, that's, nice. a, yeah. That's, uh-huh. that's a big job, too. That's an incredible I'm sure. uh, job. So, um, and uh, specifically with youth services, a lot of our member libraries don't employ a, um, a staff member who is solely dedicated to children's services or youth services. So we have a lot of, um, you know, directors who are basically like a one-man band. They're the director. They're the children's librarian. They, you know, they, they do pretty much everything. They'll, they'll most likely have a library assistant. But um, 
the majority of, of programming and collection falls to them, they might not specialize in children's. They, they, they are certainly not going to be as well versed in collection and program as a full-time children's librarian would be who, who that's the only thing that they do. Right. So, um, you know, I, I try and keep them apprised of resources that'll be helpful and, um, I'm not going to say it, provide support and guidance. <laughs> Guidance I think and it's support. on the title of this, support. Guidance and support. I'm going to write that down. Um, but, you know, and also one of the things that we do at this system is we do continuing education classes. So I had our summer reading workshop today and talking about, um, you know, the theme this year and, and ideas and, and all of that. And I also um, teach um, classes on early literacy and how member libraries can better serve their families with young children. Um, because as I said, a lot of them don't have formalized training in that. Right. Mm. That's so, really cool. it so that's like you services. Some of the smaller libraries we going. have here, like they're, they're kind of like that. True. The director is a, a one man, you know, she might be doing something or he might be doing something in the basement. Like it's true, but right? and we'll get, we'll get into it in the next segment that it gets even more, yeah. localized than that. Yeah. I mean, when we talk about population served and what the requirements are for somebody yeah. to run a library when you have 600 people in the town. Yeah. You know, you Look at Shelter Island. True. That library is a one-man band, group of people. Yeah, sure. Uh, and I'm against it. Those, those, the Bridgehampton smaller libraries out east. Yeah. Medium-sized, yeah. sorry, big libraries, right, with a small group of people? Yes. That's how you got to say it. That's right. Because yeah. they do big work. Well, you, yeah, you don't want to say they're small libraries. They're in a small facility with yes. a small number of staff members, but they do huge work. Yes, that's true. That's better. Very nice. He's the tag man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to shake the hand and kiss the baby, right? It's mayor time. Okay. If you say so. I did. He did. <laughs> Love it. So we are going to take a small break. A small break. We're going to take a short break. Just small? Well, I guess it's the same. Yeah, but short sounds better because, you know, we want you got to do your Boston better. accent. Short sounds better. That's better. That's better. Yeah. Um, actually, it's a little more Australian, right? Um, <laughs> anyway. We really should have had a drink before this. We should sure, have yeah. had a drink, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, we're going to ask Angela uh, all about uh, the North, Co- North Country Library System and all the different things that got her involved in becoming the frozen librarian. So we will be back in just a moment.
Hi, and we are back with Angela Newman from the North Country Library System. Why did I say public? You just noticed your typo? Yeah, I did. Thank That's you. That's awesome. In, in Watertown, New York. So, in 20 words or less, I'm only kidding, um, tell us about the North Country Library System. Uh, unlike Suffolk County and the Suffolk County Library System, where um, Bob and I both work in, in our libraries, I'm not saying the name. You, you know, it's not the Suffolk County Library System, right? It's a Suffolk Cooperative Library System. I am corrected again. Pop, pop quiz, hotshot. What does PAL stand for? I have no idea. You don't know what PAL stand for? I have no you idea. You work in a PAL's library. So? Partnership of Automated Libraries in Suffolk. He's just showing off now. PAL's is our, uh, you know, it's, it's our consortia ILS, so. Ah, um, uh, okay. We use Innovate. See, she knows. I speak her language. No, I don't. Just agree. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, use, we use Innovative. I don't know what you guys use up there, but. We used to use, well, I'm sure they still do use it. When I was yeah. working in the trenches, I was on Innovative, um, but we use Cersei up here. Oh, cool. Ah, yeah, Cersei Dynex. Yep. Nice. ConnectQuad uses them. Yeah, that's right. ConnectQuad. You probably know ConnectQuad uses them. Yes, I do. I'm very familiar. Quite familiar. Yes. Okay, so unlike here in Suffolk, where the Suffolk Cooperative Library System Better. serves Suffolk County, the North Country Library System serves multiple counties, correct? Yes, we serve four. Four counties. Four so, very big counties. <laughs> yes, tell us the name of those counties. Uh, Jefferson, Lewis, St. Lawrence, and Oswego. I bet you didn't know there was a Lewis County in New York, did you? Are you, you going to show off about your knowledge in I counties? Lo- I love it up there. Oh, I love upstate. Are you going <laughs> to tell us about the regional division of some paratrooping group? No. Okay. No. Oh, boy. See what I have to put up with sometimes? We're losing listeners. I do. If this was video, that would be it. Exactly. Be gone. (laughs) So tell me about when you do do your your guidance and support, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm not going to say anything. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, So I'm, I'm sure you have to visit some of these libraries, right? So you have to do a lot of traveling? Oh, absolutely. Um. You know, a, a, a big part of the job is going out to the libraries, uh, whether it's to attend board meetings. Um, you, know, you know, we do, we do trustee orientations. Um, we do new director orientations. So we are, you know, we are often out and about. And even just, I mean, it's part of our plan of service to do in-person visits with the libraries. We have 65 libraries in our system. Wow. And, um, it's pretty big. Among the consulting staff, we, we split it up into thirds. So I have 22 libraries that I go out and visit on a regular basis um, just to check in on them and see how they're doing. And, um, you know, sometimes they'll, if they're having problems, usually they'll call. Um, but when the weather gets good, I like to go out and just have a little face-to-face with them. Hmm. So and when I was first starting, it was really valuable for me. Um, so that I could see what they were working with, um, so that I I could picture in my head what their situation was. That's really cool. Well, do you feel? I'm just going to jump in with another question, real quick. Please do. Um, do you see um, a difference between li- uh, libraries in particular counties um, with the types of uh, patrons that they serve? You know, they serve. Um, no, I, I, I don't notice a difference from county to county, really. Um, 
I'm trying. I'm trying to now scroll through them in my head. Um, no, why? Why do you ask? Well, since it's such a, a, a wide ranging and dynamic, um, you know, group and area that that you service, you would think that maybe there'd be a difference from county to county with the types of populations that are there. Some maybe have a little more of an urban feel to it, or suburban versus more rural farming, agrarian, that kind of thing. Um. When you put it like that, I will say, you know, Fort Drum is a huge part of Jefferson County. Mm-hmm. Um, Lewis County is very agricultural. I mean, pretty much a, a lot of the North Country is agricultural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, St. Lawrence has um, SUNY Potsdam and Clarkson and St. Lawrence University. So it's much more of a, of a college area. Um, um, but apart from that, it, and again... <laughs> um, don't get yourself I'm not in trouble. In the libraries, so you know the the finer details and the finer differences. I I wouldn't see on a daily basis, but but I would say g- generally speaking, generally those those are the main differences. Okay, I like you. You gave me the technology question. That was yes. that's pretty cool. So, all right. So, how does technology play a role in your position? And and we would assume, I guess, that there's some sort of video teleconferencing that's utilized um, since NCLS is so spread out across the counties. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our our geographic area is, um, I believe I am not incorrect in saying that it's bigger than the state of Connecticut. Um, so we definitely use teleconferencing um, for as much as we at the system try and get out and visit the libraries. There are times when, you know, we want to have a class and we don't want to ask yeah. everyone to drive to Watertown. So, um, so we, you know, we do use video conferencing. And um, that that helps cut down on on the travel for the member libraries. Yeah. What digital services are there in place at uh, at North Country to help uh, the patrons, like Overdrive and, and things like that? Um, we yeah, we definitely do Overdrive. Um, we have a bunch of online resources. We have Ancestry. Um, we do you know we have Consumer Reports. Um, gosh, now I'm, now, now it's like a quiz. Um, we have universal <laughs> class, we have Beanstack. Um, so, you know, we, we do provide a, a good amount of the online resources for the member libraries. Um, a lot of them would not be able to swing that cost. And I'm, I'm not sure how it is in, um, in most, I'm not sure how it is in most libraries, whether that's something that the system usually provides, but it's definitely something that we provide. Um, you know, the cost of a lot of these would be not, it wouldn't be doable for them. Yeah, I guess that's, that's comparable to uh, the Suffolk Cooperative Library System. They do coordinated orders and consortia orders, and we could never afford to buy half the things that, that the libraries, um, the resources that the libraries in Suffolk County enjoy if it wasn't for their work, making deals and making that kind of stuff work out. So I assume it's the same type of, Type of thing, and I went on there so that Chris could twi- switch out his mics. Yes, that was my mic was sounding kind of. It still, <laughs> still sounds bad. It still sounds bad. That was that was babbling. That was Bob babbling about great things that SCLS is doing, while Chris tried to switch out his mic. Oh, it's the wire. Okay, give it a shot. So we'll just talk. So sports, Riesling, types of wine. This is good. We'll, we'll get off the questions and be like, all right, we've already talked about Mets, Yankees, wine types. Right, we know about wine types. I say I think I know more about sports than I know about wine types, and you know how much I know about sports. Well, there you go. Yeah, I hear you. 
So, uh, so it, it kind of works the same, right? So you guys make deals with the big companies, and then you allow the, the libraries, uh, uh, I guess, to pick up off those deals. So smaller libraries can afford things that they probably could never buy, right? Is that Yeah, on, on absolutely. That yeah. And, and that's a big part of, again, what the system does is um, provide those resources, um, you know, through, through consortium sort of situations, yeah. um, which – you know, is, is a big part of why we have systems. So would you happen to know if, um, cause like, uh, for SCLS, we have book delivery. So the vans go out from a central point and they deliver books, you know, that are going to other yep. libraries. So is NCLS like that too? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Our wow. delivery drivers, they rack up miles. For yeah. Sure. That's, that's really cool. We have, they have a whole fleet over there. And, um, I guess it's the same with, do you have like a talking books collection or anything like that where you distribute? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. Absolutely. So it's, it's basically the exact same thing. It is, but wow, my microphone still sounds terrible. It is, yeah. I don't know what's going on. I may have to. Uh, that sounds better. Maybe it's your it's your gain or something like that. Yeah. No, it. Well, that's yeah, it's a little bit better. That's a lot better. Yeah, there we go. It there was probably go. the mic mic cord. Uh, so tell us though, because I'm kind of a loaded question. Cause you want to catch answer. up? We were chatting. Yeah, I saw with our, yeah. with our listeners. When when <laughs> someone uh, interlibrary loans a book and it yes. goes through the North Country Library System, what's the turnaround time from the time? The hold is placed and a slip is generated to the time that patron actually gets the book or the book is delivered to the library requesting the book. Okay. Now, when you say interlibrary loan, you mean within the system, not per- outside. Within the system, correct. Okay. Um, it depends. Our libraries don't all have daily delivery. Um, our Watertown library does. They have delivery every day. Most of our libraries have delivery twice a week or some of them, them once a week. Well, that's so something different. From- yeah. Because well, I guess because of the distance, right? Just location, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, it looks like we. It's frozen. Uh, uh, no, you're getting another call. Should I decline it over here? Can I do that? Yeah. There we go. Just bear with us for a second. We lost our connection. Are you back? Is that her? I don't know. Uh, probably. Yeah, try it. No, oh, what'd you hit? I didn't hear anything. Oh. I go. lost you. What yeah. happened? <laughs> Chris's Mac. So, Chris's Mac was all messed up. No. Oh, phew. I thought it was my Wi-Fi yeah. at home. Sometimes it does cut out. No, I think you were um, getting a phone call, so, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Boy, with Library Pro is talking about technology, and we can't even get the FaceTime to work. It's not my technology. That's right. It's not his technology. We just ask him to show up. <laughs> yeah, and I could barely do that most of the time, yeah. That's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> well, you know, it's actually a great segue to our next question. Yeah. Um, because I know from the Adirondacks, there's no high-speed service in the Adirondacks for Internet services. But I know ah. north, north of the Adirondacks, like in, in Canton and Ogdensburg and places like that, they do have – I don't think when – I, when I was talking to my friends in Canton, they don't really like to call it high-speed. They like to call it faster-than-dial-up speed because <laughs> it's like a dsl or, or something like that so oh, no how common is high speed internet access available to the residents for the ncls um see this is where i feel like i've been putting up a pretty good front about like oh i know about technology i know things um i really don't know as much um i rely very heavily on our online resources consultant and on our IT department. So off the top of my head, 
my my gut answer is it is not as available as we would hope for. Um, but I actually did a little research for you guys and found out, according to an article in the Watertown Daily Times, um, that 37% of Lewis County, and this was from an article over the summer, 37% um, of, of residences don't have access to broadband. And that's 20% in Jefferson and 18% in St. Lawrence. So, um, wow, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Cause she so always like, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Nope. You're the guest. You can Why don't you just cut off our guest. Why don't <laughs> And as I say, you know, I, I did a very, I, I'm not really up on the, the numbers or statistics or anything. That was really just a very quick Google search, um, to find that news article. And that, that came out over the summer, um, what with all the initiatives to help improve broadband access, and certainly our system is also working to do that as well. Hmm. Um, you know, we, we do expect it to improve, but right now it's certainly something that I try not to take for granted in my own life. Um, so, because it's, it's, it's really not, um, it's not everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've seen libraries down here, right, give out these 4G hotspot. Yes, that's something points, right? that um, some of the communities where people can't afford to have high-speed internet here um, have been relying on uh, their library to provide them with mobile hotspots. Yeah. So the yes. library, the library has uh, a certain amount of these hotspots that have unlimited data, and people take them out for. 14 days or 21 yeah. days, whatever the circulation rule is. Mm -hmm. And uh, now they have maybe not super high-speed internet, but they'll have, I think it's 3G speed um, for their home. Yeah. And I think the, the hotspots they have connect up to four devices. Something like that, yeah. Something like that, And, and yeah. they're coming out with newer stuff, like the 4G and the 5G stuff's coming out. They're, mm -hmm. they're LTE. And, I mean, they, you know, it, it could actually work. So if you, have, if you don't have high-speed internet access and you get this hotspot in your house, basically your whole family can connect through it if it's quick enough. Right. And you have a, a decent um, signal, you know. That's true. Yeah. Now, uh, just because I have a little bit of experience with, with um, the Adirondacks, um, do you have any sense for how many people or what the prevalence is for the, uh, the satellite internet service that, um, that's available, like Wild Blue and stuff like that? We're asking her technology questions. She's mouthing, stop asking these questions. I have no idea what you're Excuse talking me, about. what size tires are on a uh, 1994 Explorer? Uh, that's good. A Columbo <laughs> reference. Columbo. Oh, 1972. Just, just one more question, Angela. Uh, what's the hydraulic pressure on a lift gate for a 1975? Yeah, no, we're not It would have been that. a lot more entertaining if you were Marissa Tomei from um, My Cousin I can't, Vinny. I can't even pretend. I can't even pretend. <laughs> How do you get mud into the tires? It's a trick question. <laughs> it's a trick question. Nobody can answer that question. Oh, you're a world traveler now? <laughs> Sorry. No, that I'm enjoying this. It's like it's like Please Absolute, do go on. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, we yeah. could just do it. This she didn't have a word for it cuz she didn't yeah. want to say two yeah. idiots. <laughs> she could say two idiots. Actually, there's your segment title. Two idiots. Two idiots and a and guidance and, and support guidance from and the support. North Country. Right, exactly. <laughs> Angela guides and supports two morons. Guidance yeah, and support the, for two morons. That's basically the title of the segment. Yeah. You realize that if we worked in a North Country library system or it, we, we'd get fired really quickly. 
Well, she wouldn't support us. No. She'd no. guide us, though, maybe. She'd guide us right to the border with uh, the yeah. Adirondacks yeah. and the Southern Adirondack Library System. Just yeah. get out of our way. Go back to Long Island. Yes, go back to Long Find Island. Find a diner and a breakfast sandwich. And go okay. eat a bagel. All right. <laughs> Great. So because you've worked in an urban-suburban environment around Philly, how does that community compare to serving in the North Country? Um, I miss the trains. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> um, but uh, you mean you mean actually to do with the libraries? Right. Yeah, the, you know the the patrons, the environment. Um, maybe even you know if you want to expand on funding, the difference in funding too. Like, what's the big difference? You have all the questions for me today. Um, you know, I'm going to start with the. The main difference and the one that really struck me the most when I first came here after having worked in a large suburban library, physically, they're very small buildings. I mean, they're hmm. sometimes they're just one or two rooms and, you know, you can see every everything from the circ desk. Um, so so that that was that was really noticeable to me right away. Um, and Why did you move your mic that, closer to me? That's disturbing. <laughs> just, like, that was I thought so, she'd be sick of just seeing you. No, that was so weird the way you did that. You were just kind of. I like, just kind of creepily moved yeah, no, over. No, that's not cool. No, I'm gonna. I'm filling. I want to hear something. Columbo a little bit more. Yeah, I'm in a library. I can probably get a restraining order pretty quickly. That's okay. Okay. That's Sorry. Fine. No, that sounds serious. I just. Yeah. I can always Photoshop the S off of library pros. Really? Library <laughs> one library pro. Well. Whatever. <laughs> you know it's kind of I mean a lot of the libraries that she's talking about are kind of like again our out east libraries like sure. Baiting Hollow used to be a very small library they mm-hmm. didn't have running they didn't have running water or, or things like that for quite some time and I mean you know, same thing you could sit at the circ desk and see front door back door side door window you know the property everything was right there right kind of like yeah Clark, absolutely yeah. Um, and you know the, the other difference is they are smaller communities. Um, it's a smaller tax base, which translates to smaller budgets, which translates to fewer staff, which translates also to, you know, having to make, you know, make more out of the budget that you have and make tough collection decisions. And, you know, everything really, um, it's just, it's the same as, you know, public libraries are offering the same services. It's just in a smaller community, Often there aren't the financial or the staffing resources, so you really um, you really have to be creative and um, you know make the most of the resources that you do have. Yeah, I'm going to ask a side question that I, we see out here sometimes. It, d- does it take a lot for the library system to make sure that the smaller libraries in your um, system are able to get the same resources and the same benefits that the bigger libraries can can get involved in? Um, in what way? Well, like uh, for overdrive and things like that, to make sure that it's cost effective for the smaller libraries who obviously can't afford as much as the bigger libraries to also be able to buy into your coordinated orders and, and those kinds of things. Um, yeah, I, um, I would. I, I want to give you an overdrive specific example, but that's right. not, it, you know, it's, it's out of my area. Um, but I will say that we, we definitely take into account that within our system, um, even even our larger libraries are probably considered small libraries elsewhere in the state. Right. Um, but 
you know, that, that we have a, a very wide range of resources and that, you know, some of the things that our, lar our larger libraries um, would have no trouble doing would be more of a hardship for our small libraries. So we do, you know, we do take those things into account. Um, and I'm specifically thinking of OverDrive. Um, you know, we, we pay the platform fee and the libraries throw in for the content. Right. And it's certainly not flat across the board. You right. know, we, we take that into consideration. So, I mean, does that answer your question? Yeah, I think it, it it's a big responsibility for the consortia to, you know, like ours does too, same thing. You know, they have to go through the, the county and look at the small libraries that can only afford A and the bigger libraries that can help with B, you know, to get to, to allow those smaller libraries to enjoy the same amount of resources that the bigger libraries can, can enjoy as well. So I think it's a, mm -hmm. it's a big task, you know, to try and work that all out. It's very true. You're up. I'm up. Okay, so it's kind of a repetitive question to, from before. Um, just give, give me one second. My mic, microphone is overmodulating a little bit. Your, your problem, overmodulator. Nice. Sounds a little, well, eh, it's not so great. Anyway, um, so again, featuring the difference between North Country and a place like Philly or let's say down here in, in downstate New York. Um, tell us about what you see as um, a struggle um, or something that, that patrons or libraries struggle with um, maybe in the North Country that maybe you didn't see in Philly. Um, security? We, we don't, you know, when you're the only one in the building, it's... Hmm. You know, that that's a question we get a lot is, um, you know, we, we can't afford a security guard or, you know, what do I do if I'm by myself in the building and I don't feel safe? Um, whereas where I worked before, we had tons of people around and, and the, the township police were right across, I mean, really minutes away. And, you know, that's not the case for some of our more far-flung libraries, it, you know, if anyone was going to come, it would, I mean, it, it could take a while. That's not, um, that's not the answer I thought. Yeah, that's not the answer I thought either. But it's absolutely correct, yeah. Yeah, sure. Especially today's current, you know, current events and what's been happening. That's sure. a huge concern is how do you stay safe in a small environment where you could be, what, probably 20 minutes or a half an hour away from help or something like that or more? Yeah, I mean, depending on where, where I mean, in if there's no village police um it could take the county sheriff you know depending on how far away anyone is i mean a it, while it's, it, yeah i mean yeah or the state police or anything like that yeah exactly okay you're up okay so let's talk about your blog and just to let library land know your blog can be found at did you really put i'm gonna start writing these notes myself http you don't have to be involved in technology to know that HTTP has nowhere <laughs> oh in any my document God. ever again since 1995. So anyway, so letting people in library land know where they can find this awesome blog, froze, thefrozenlibrarian.blogspot.com. That's right. Once again, calmly, clearly, because my mic works. Thank you very the much. Thefrozenlibrarian.blogspot.com. So why did you start the blog? Um, partially because I like to write. <laughs> That's a good answer. And well, and um, I, I have kept a blog in other areas. Um, you know, I, I had kept a personal blog at one point. Um, I had a blog in my, in my library job when I was um, a children's librarian. 
um, just to talk about program news and things like that. And um, I thought I would like to do a blog in this area to really feature the libraries that we have um, when you're one person in charge of the library, um, maybe maintaining your online presence isn't a top priority for you. So um, if I could get program, you know, program news or um, just even pictures of what the libraries look like, or, you know, we, we have a lot of renovations that are happening with all of the library construction aid. And, um, you know, I really like to feature things like that to show what librarianship looks like up here. Um, you're very kind to say that it's a nice blog. I feel like I don't do a very good job maintaining it. And we can talk about that in a little while, <laughs> but, um, but, but, but also basically, um, so much of what we do at the system is about private conversations mm -hmm. and there's a lot of confidentiality involved. So I can't talk about what I do. Right. But I'd like to feature what the libraries are doing. So um, I, I try and do that. But this last year, has been I've been terrible with it. I'm almost like, don't tell them I have a blog. Then they'll go there and see how bad I am. And, it up. and now you have a reason to start writing again, right? You oh, just, yeah. Now, oh, now I'm compelled. <laughs> I hate to see what she's going to write about our experience. Well, she may actually get like one more blog person She'll subscribing. She'll probably get a lot. Because they'll switch from us. They'll stop following us and go and follow her. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so that's all this is about. It's just getting you more followers. <laughs> yeah, the one follower. The, well, no. We have a lot of followers. Well, we do, yeah. From, we do. like, Russia and yeah, all these and other places. The UK that probably don't want followers Denmark from, yeah. and Australia. Yeah. It's pretty neat. It is pretty cool. Okay, so is your blog, is it sponsored or financed by North Country Library System? And uh, do you integrate... What you do at work with the blog, obviously, I know you can't talk about the specifics of what you do with people, but, um, you know, do you integrate your everyday into, you know, some of the things you, you blog about? Um, there have been a couple blog posts um, because sometimes people are curious about what we do at the system. So I'll just go through and, you know, go through like a typical day or, or an atypical day and just sort of break it down, um, you know, by hour or something. And, you know, I, those are the ones that I've gotten comments on at all have been like, oh, this is really enlightening. Thank you for posting this. Um, and to your first question, no, <laughs> no, no financing or anything like that. It's just, <laughs> we would like to know. donate one hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> the library pro can donate one hundred dollars. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. I mean, I was delighted when our system was like, do you want a button? For your blog, and I'm like, a yeah, button. of course I do. <laughs> That's so, pretty funny. Do you want a highlighted and underlined HTML link in blue? In blue. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, at least they they were able to uh, give you a little free publicity. We don't have a button. Where would we have a button? I don't know. We haven't spoken to Kevin yet. That's that's coming no, not, soon. No, not Kevin. Like one of our Sachem Public Libraries and all that. Or one of those M. S. Clark Public Libraries. Ooh, careful. Yeah. Well, you know vacation <laughs> Ooh, I, I fired a shot across the you did the right emma across bow. the bow man. the I emma bow <laughs> meanwhile sachem's taken like 30 hits yeah they're all good hits though like the yeah. drinking the drinking game the sachem library drinking yes, game. yes we that did a podcast best. episode a few episodes ago where 
Apparently, I must have mentioned the Sachem Public Library one too many times. 947 And times. Um, they started to play a drinking game in connection with it. So every time <laughs> I said it, they went clink, clink. Was that Merrick? That was Merrick. That was Merrick. I got all the people at the table to just dink. That of course, there was nothing in it. Wink, wink. We got every time he said Sachem Public Library, they dinked glasses like we were doing the drinking game. Yeah. <laughs> There's no respect at all. This is new? No. So why did you feel that Blogspot was the best option for you? Did I just take your... Oh, that's too bad. No, it's okay. I'll so live. if you can talk about statistics, maybe not this year, like you said, you haven't been involved with usability. <laughs> Uh-oh. He's usability. firing shot across no, her she, bow now. She said it. I didn't say it. Let's see. So. I, I am kind of tickled by this question. Um, like, this is an informed decision that other people make. Like, oh, let me consider plugins. Um, no, I, I mean, honestly... I, I don't even know. I can't remember how I discovered Blogspot. I mean, when I was very first blogging, I was on LiveJournal for my own personal blog. I got onto Blogspot when I was blogging at at my first library, and so I knew how to use it. So that's why when I started another one, I used the software, you know, the the platform that I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of plugins or any kind of features like that, I mean, I like having my Goodreads widget. That's about as far as I go about features. So, <laughs> That's cool. I love it. How about followers and statistics? How do you have any insight on that? Like how many? About fo- I guess now? how many? How many followers do you have, or any sort of like statistics or anything like that? Um, I don't. I don't even track that. I just think of it as shouting into the void. That's pretty um, cool. I. That's great. You know. Yeah. When I, I was writing a blog, I used to write a theater blog, and I used to say, I have tens of readers, and that's how I, I mean, that's basically <laughs> how I think. It's just like, you know, if I if I have tens of readers and they're enjoying themselves, then I'm happy. That's awesome. We can do that. We have singles of listeners. Yeah, we have. That's great. Yeah. That's cool. Tens of listeners. I Nine love it. Nine listeners from, <laughs> from other countries. Right. <laughs> We've liked those library bros. Very good. <laughs> okay, sorry, go ahead. Wow, don't tell me that was Arnold. Was that Arnold? No, that was not Arnold. You know, know my Arnold's a lot better than that. I know, but I don't know what that was. I don't know what it was either. It's been a long day. Don't you wish you could edit that out? No, don't care. <laughs> These people know me, whoever's listening. Sure they do. Knows I'm a complete idiot, so it doesn't make a difference <laughs> if I sound like one or not. So tell us about the the uh, areas you like to discuss in your blog. Um, you know, Do you have a particular area you like to focus on? You know, I, It looked like it was either teen or, or children's literature? Um, I, I love blogging about program stuff. Since I don't do programs, I have to rely on member libraries to provide me with that content. Hmm. Um, you know, which it's always great. They always send pictures and, and links out to things. Um, but I'm, I'm not always good about asking for content. So it comes in as it comes in. Um, I, for a while, I really was using my blog to promote our youth services ebook collection um, because we were trying to get more use from children's and young adult ebooks. Our our adult fiction was, you know, it's it's off the hook, um, but just trying to promote it more. And instead of, um, it was very easy just to do a, a blog post of additions with pictures and and links to the to the overdrive, um, you know, to the. I keep wanting to call it the record, but, you know, to the book. Hmm. Um, it was easier just to send out one link to a blog post with new stuff and put that on our Facebook or whatever. So um, 
I, I did use it quite a lot to feature our, our eBooks that we were buying. I love doing interviews. Um, whenever I, I used to try and if we had a director that was leaving, I would do a goodbye interview. And if we had a new director coming on, I would do a hello interview. Oh, that's cool. We have a library director that's coming out with a middle grade novel in just a couple weeks. And I did an author interview with her. Um, Again, I just, I don't, I don't do it as much as I should, and I'm going to do better. See, this is like a reboot, The Frozen Librarian. <laughs> this is what well, we did here. But isn't that great that she likes to do interviews? Yeah. I think that's really great. Competition. Same state, too. Yeah. Oh, well. Next it was thing. a good run. We're coming up. You know what's funny? It's really funny, Angela. We're coming up on our one-year anniversary. That's true. Great time to just hand off our followers to you. They're <laughs> <laughs> getting sick of the two of us. Yeah. No comment. No. So, you know, just to expand on, on the idea of the interview for a minute, because I, I find that kind of interesting. What would you ask? You know, I guess it would depend on who you were speaking to and what the t- topic was. But if um, how many of these interviews have you done? Um, I would just say a handful. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'll ask, uh, you know, where where did you come from? What, you know, um, tell us a little bit about your background or in really just – work from their answers to provide questions. I, I never have like a, a, a list of questions that I have in advance. Usually it starts with, tell us a little bit about yourself. And then it goes from there. Although I do like to do like a lightning round of Coke or Pepsi. Chocolate <laughs> or we should start doing that. <laughs> Riesling or white Zinfandel. See? I'm not a wine it's guy. Really I don't easy. know. I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. I live. I'm not really a wine guy. either. But it sounds kind of like what we do, right? I mean, a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. in the third segment, yeah. yeah, It's the same kind of thing. I mean, just the interview, starting with the background, like the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it, like... it really is, it becomes an organic process. I mean, we do have our list of questions, but we can go off-road. Yeah. So, you know, it, it just works. So we could get a cease and desist order and send it up her way and be like, you know, you got to stop this because we are the New York library pros. Collectively <laughs> oh, now. God. All three. All three of us now? Yeah. Oh, why, are we merging her in? Might as well. Heart, wait. We can get Angela, Jeff. Jeff from, from Idaho. Right. What well, about our Merrick friends? We could definitely do that, but then Jeff's going to accuse all of us of having accents. Remember? Oh, he did that to us? God, yeah. That was He's terrible. like, oh, it's been a while you since you... Yeah. do have accents. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we have accents. We've got an accent. Not... Th- what is that? It's supposed to be Australian. Okay. No, oh, I just embarrassed myself, didn't I? Foster's. Foster's Australian for beer. Now your mic works fine. Yeah, now it works mm. good. Great. <laughs> good. I was saying, you, I, now I want to have like an accent off with you, but I, I, I mean, really. Well, I, you got the flat A thing we, going on, so you're good. It. And then we can do I, people, too. You know, too. that is true. When I, went, when I went away to school, I did go out of state, and um, I was much more aware of my flat A. But Yeah, yeah it's that flat A. It's, it's a distinctive upstate thing to have that flat A. Not going to touch it have you ever been upstate mm, yes you know i've been upstate i know but wearing an orange jumpsuit doesn't count oh god <laughs> <laughs> i have no response I, I, that's, that's the first time i think i have nothing i think to, i got you i think you did yeah that was called a hanging curveball that was pretty good yeah uh, it came in quick no but you have to go upstate i love going up i try to go up every summer Mm-hmm. And in the winter, too. Oh, that's the best time to come. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, yeah. Considering everything gets, you know, frozen. We could do a traveling library pros. I've done it. You didn't come with me. I couldn't go. It's like 
You ended up getting sick, I think. I was. It, this was, this was, was a crazy year, bronchitis, everything. Yeah. That's when we went up. I went. Well, not we. Me. Well, I went up to Canton. Uh, and interviewed. I know. I love Canton. Think I love Canton. Do it's, they pay you for it's this stuff? Beautiful up there. Do they pay you to say Canton, and they pay you to say say. Well, they do kind of pay you to say say. They pay me to say yeah, well, right? well, pay you for that. There. No, but I think Canton does amazing work. Oh wait, Angela. wouldn't you agree, Angela? They do a great work up there. Yeah, of course they do. Uh, I would agree. It's a lovely town. It's a very sweet library. See, mm-hmm. scripted just like we told her to say. <laughs> Wait, nice. the second segment's going to be all about the studio, I'm sure, right? I'm, sur- I'm surprised. No, you haven't even dropped the studio yet. That. We're not talking about that. We will. Okay. We're not talking about that. Oh, you see what I got to deal with? This is great. I do. Yeah. No, but, I, I mean, the libraries upstate are really unsung heroes because they don't get the fun. No, they don't get the funding that, that we get down here, and they, nobody gets the funding well, like they I'll get agree. in New York City. <laughs> that I'll agree with. That's, That's true. true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know... Depending on where you live in the state, you know, your perception of what upstate is is completely different. For people who are from down here, they think once they cross the line from the Bronx into Westchester, they're upstate. Hmm. You know, if you live in Ulster County, you think upstate is, you know, once you go north of Albany. If you live in Albany, upstate is the Adirondacks. And if you're in the Adirondacks, I don't think you even care. (laughs) You're too busy being outdoorsy. They're too busy being in the Adirondacks and trying to find a getaway out. And then if you're in western New York, you're not upstate. You're in western New York. Well, you're in the Finger Lakes region. I I feel like, and maybe, I don't know. I I feel like we ought to have like an intrastate sort of discussion about what, you know, what upstate is. And And exclude New York City from the conversation. (laughs) No, no. They they have to be in on it. It's it's all or nothing. We got to sort this out. Yeah, I agree. Because nobody really knows what the pure definition of upstate means. I mean, I went to I went to school in Pennsylvania for undergrad, and when I would tell people I was from upstate New York, they'd be like, "Oh, Westchester," and I'm like, "No, no, 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 no there's more up, up. It's further. Yeah, there's more up. Yeah, it's north of, north of the Tappan Zee Bridge. Hmm. But it's even further than that. But yeah, it, it's I think it's a very subjective thing, though, don't you think? It, it's well, I mean, I'm from Syracuse, so. When I was growing up, I understood that my region was central New York, but I still considered myself from upstate. Okay. Whereas up here, we're certainly upstate, but we consider ourselves northern New York, not not central New York. Um, so I don't know. You know like what? I, I said, that's, I think, that's I think the answer. a conversation is required. That's the answer, though. When somebody asks you where you're from, say northern New York. And they'll go, what? You'll say, oh, yeah. you're from upstate. Right. Oh, yeah, you're from... <laughs> Up there, yeah. But northern yeah. New York will throw them long enough for you to say further than Westchester. Right. Well, no, then the next question will be, well, how far are you from the Canadian border? 30 miles. Well, but that's a moving target because, mm. I mean, I'm 30 miles from the Canadian border, but you oh, can yeah. just keep going north and still be right near the Canadian border. Right. That's it's funny. a very long border. <laughs> True. I'm going to um, say lower New York for now on. Yeah, but they, I mean, the same way. Long New York. No, that's silly. Okay. That's silly. All right. So now I've upset him. I've hurt his feelings. That's okay. I could take it. But I think if you're from upstate, maybe you you see yourself geographic. I'm from western New York. I'm from the Finger Lakes. I'm from northern New York. I'm from the Adirondacks. Where, you know, for people from down here, like, oh, they're from upstate. You You make all people from down here sound stupid. 
I didn't say that. <laughs> you, just, you just did that. You went, oh, the When it comes to understanding upstate, maybe they are. Oh, that particular. So, oh, listeners, that's Chris D. Christopher. That's right. All right. S- send your rotten tomatoes too. What do you got? Okay. So, how often do you post to your blog, and what kind of feedback have you received from from people who read it? Um, I used to be really good about posting at least once a week. Um, this year, I mean, just really, I was, I'm still kind of on a school year mentally. Um, but like this year, it, it can be a couple months in between posts. Um, so it's, as I say, I. Not anymore. I, I, not anymore. I you got to start now. Not, not, not anymore. You got to start getting back on it every week. We're going to check. We'll do a whole podcast. Be like, well, it's Friday and Angela didn't post anything again. I didn't say that. That's well, Bob Johnson. No, or if she does, then we'll just be like, hey, check out this awesome She's article. She's going to hang up Angela on just us. Posted. She did. She did once already, yeah. <gasps> all lies. Oh, I, think, I think it was to have a glass of wine. That's what I think it was all about. You can reconsider uh, doing this. They know we have flaky internet in northern New York, so, you know. That was Bob Johnson who just said that. Flaky internet. All right, so I know that the next question, what advice would you give people who are considering starting a blog? And do you need any technical assistance to start the blog, that kind of thing? And I know the advice is going to be don't go on the library pros <laughs> to talk about your blog. <laughs> That's going to be it. Probably, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I would say... Probably the advice I would give would be know what kind of story you want to tell. Mm. Um, That's good. And <laughs> write it, write in it more than only once a couple of months. <laughs> you know, um, the, the advice I don't follow myself. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, that's what I would say because essentially it, you know, in, in terms of librarianship, and I know a lot of library bo- blogs focus on a topic, their, their book review blogs or they focus on a particular issue in librarianship. And I think sometimes that's where, you know, I struggle is just focusing on a region. I, you know, I, unless I am talking to my libraries and getting content from them, I'm kind of like, well, er, okay then. <laughs> so. There's the quote. Er, okay then. <laughs> Are you making fun of our guest? <clears throat> what are we? Thanks for coming. Nice. Um, you're up. I am up. Yeah. One thing we're never doing. What? Adding a video component to this. No. 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 So have you considered adding uh yeah, adding a video component to your blog where you're actually vlogging? Is that still a word? No. Vlogging. Dad, it's not. Sorry, Dad. It used to be. Not a word, Dad. Not a word, it used to be. It's a word like trousers is a word. <laughs> oh God. And, and and what about social media? You have, you use social media to, to promote your blog? Um, we, we found you I'm, on Twitter. Yes, I am on Twitter. That's I'm on Twitter and Goodreads. That's pretty much it for me. And I'm also more of a, a lurker, really. I don't I don't speak up very much, which also makes blog promotion tricky because I'm just like I wrote this thing. If you find it, yeah, all right, that's cool. Um, but that's I'm I'm rarely like look at this look at this thing that I made. Um, and, and I don't know why that is at all, um, because I, I'm not controversial, so I'm not afraid of <laughs> comments. So I, I, 
again, I just feel like, you know, if, if people find me great, if not, then I'm shouting into the void or really it's more like I'm keeping a journal that other people can read if they want, you know, which I mean, that's silly. That, that is what a blog is, but much more, you know, it, it's not, I don't see it for me as it's, it's not a, a vehicle for me. Um, it's just me trying to take a snapshot. So that's really cool. It's a good idea. Probably why she's doing it. <laughs> Sorry. I, okay. Wow. What's next? What's next? Wow. It's actually your turn. What are your biggest challenges with blogging and being a librarian at the NCLS? Um, my biggest challenges in blogging, I won't do it at home. So as I've gotten busier at work, like I used to just take, you know, an hour on a Tuesday afternoon or something. And I would just write up a quick blog post or something. My job has gotten so much busier over the last year or two that I really don't have time unless I was going to work through my lunch and do it on my lunch. I mean, I guess I could do it then, but I live so close to where I work. I go home and cook. I mean, I cook a hot lunch when I go home. Wow. Um, That's great. It takes me four minutes to drive from my work to my house. Oh, that's great. Four minutes. That's great. Um, So, but the thing is, you know, in order to keep up with, um, you know, children's literature, um, you know, keep up on my professional reading, things like that. I'll do that at home. Obviously, I can't do that at my desk. Right. So I went, this is kind of a funny story. I went to um, some, some luncheon at some conference and, and one of the icebreakers that they had at the table was, now share your unusual hobby. And I realized I do not have hobbies that do not have to do with librarianship. Hmm. And I was like, okay, well then I'm not gonna, I'm gonna maybe do less at home. And I'm, so I, I started quilting. So, That's cool. so <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. So, so yeah, so I, it's just sort of, it was important to me to be like, I, I need to at least have a hobby that is not related to work. So I'm not going to blog from home. I'm going to do non-work things at home apart from professional reading. So that's important. Do you have a hobby, Chris? Many hobbies. Hmm. Podcasting being one of them. At least it was until this episode. That's pretty good cover. Yeah. You like that? I did. Well, uh, let me ask you this. Do you, don't you hate icebreaking questions when you have to go to these conferences and they say, tell us about, and you have to... But look what it did for her. It, like, it, it oh, see, I usually have, do yeah. hate them, but yeah, that was that was a really useful one. Yeah. Can, maybe we can get a quilt. Library Pro. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it'd be... Hey, why not? <laughs> it's pretty cool. Wow. It would be a backdrop. We could have a back... For the video thing you want to do. Okay. Just shaking my head. That's fine. <laughs> Thanks for talking about the NCLS and your blog. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, boy. Crash and burn. <laughs> right. So, anyway. Mm. So, um, let's see. Now you totally threw me off I didn't. Game. You want me to close it out? Sure. Right, I can close it out real quick. All right. So thanks for talking about the NCLS and your blog. It is always great to get the perspective of librarians from upstate northern New York because it is important for everyone to understand that New York is more than Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, Staten Island, and Long Island and the East End and Hampton. It's part and of Long Island. And Riverhead. We always like to feature libraries and library systems upstate that are working so hard to bring services and get the state funding they deserve. And that's probably 
And it's true because they don't point now. they don't get the funding. Yeah, and they're doing an incredible job with with not with a lot of resources. A lot less funding than you think. Yeah, it's really and it's really not that fair. I mean, do you know a lot about the North Country Library System's funding? How much they receive from the state and things like that? You probably I don't know if you do or not. Uh-oh, she's wrinkling her nose at us. Question number 16, Angela, in case you're following along. Is it? Where's question? There's no 16. I know, he didn't put in there. He likes to do that. I would never do that. He does that. Well, no, I'm just trying to drive home the point that they don't get the same funding that the rest of the state does. Or, she, or, she doesn't it, know it, how much they get, so you can't ask her any questions. Well, no. Do you mean well, on the local level? Sure. No, I, I just yeah, mean whatever like, local level you know. Well, no, not on a local level. When it comes to state aid that you get, you know, from your representatives, whether it's bullet bullet aid or whether it's grant money or whether it's just extra funding for, for construction. Well, you got construction grants, right? That's pretty big up there, you said, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool. But I don't think it they get the same amount or numbers that we get here. I'm sure they don't. And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's, there's a disparity between down here and, and up there. And Do a lot of your folks go to Albany, like around... You know, when they, like, the, I, I think they just came back, right? From, from Albany. Yeah, from so. Advocacy Day. Yeah. So yeah. Do, do you have a lot of representation there? Um, we have, I mean, we do, we do have representation. Um, as, as I may have mentioned earlier, sometimes it's hard for the librarians to leave and just, there's no one to cover their shift. So sometimes going to conferences or going to hmm. advocacy events is not always easy. That's true. Um, but, you know, we, we always do have some representation from the member libraries. Okay. Right, because it, it always seems like, um, I don't want to say North, North Country doesn't get their share. They just don't get as big a slice of the pie. That's probably true. Yeah, and that's really, it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate because they do a lot with not a lot of funding. Well, you know what? If you're listening out there, if there's any chance that a local representative is, is listening, do something about it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Sure. Cool. Okay. So with that being said, we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to ask Angela our top 10 list of uh, questions that we ask all our guests. We call it the 032 list, which corresponds to the Dewey number for top 10 lists. And we have to Give credit to uh, Melanie Cardone from the Longwood Public Library for coming up with the idea. So we will be back in just a moment. Hi, and we're back with Angela Newman from the North Country Library System in Watertown, New York. She is our next uh, participant or victim in the 032 list, which corresponds to the Dewey number of top 10 lists. So 
The questions are inspired by the web by the website Literary Hub, which is a website with very interesting library-related stories and interviews. You can see their work by visiting www.lithub.com. Yes, I said the W's. <laughs> their Twitter feed at, at @lithub or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thelithub. Please visit their site and social media. They curate stories and articles that are of interest to anyone in the library world. Thank you, Literary Hub. First question, what did you want to be when you were a child? I have prepared for this question because I'm going to tell you, it was a real moving target. I admire those children that know like from when they're seven that they want to be a vet. Um, I was not that kid. Every year I changed my mind. So what I'm going to ask you to do, um, pick a grade because my mother kept this memory book of all of my different school no memories. No way. Get out. One She's of actually things- holding up her memory book. <laughs> that is I so am. cool. That's why we should do and video. And it was, you know, yeah. have the child write their name in their own handwriting and put down their age and their height and their weight and what mm-hmm. they want to be when they grow up. So I can tell you, pick a grade. Fifth grade. Fifth grade? Oh, yeah. yeah. I can tell you that without looking. Marine biologist. But I'm going to nice. look just to verify it. That's so cool. Yes. Wants to be marine biologist. So I have to go kindergarten. Kindergarten. Artist. Nice. You want to pick another one? Uh, how high can we go? How high can we it, go? Yeah, how, how high does it go? All the way. Really? Twelve. Ninth grade. Yeah. Ninth grade. Oh, dear. Oof. Ninth grade. Oh, you know what? I take it all back. By the time you get to high school, they don't ask you what you want to be when you grow up. They ask you what your summer job was or is. Okay. But I can tell you in ninth grade, I wanted to be an actress. Um, But my summer job was um, I worked at the New York State Fair, which is hence why I think everyone should go. That's really cool. That is pretty cool. She has an answer for every year. You know what we should do? Senior. Senior? Senior year. Oh, (laughs) all right. Um, my senior year. By then, I was overacting. I, I knew I wasn't going to be an actress. Um, I didn't have a summer job at all. I, I decided I was going to be awesome and not work that summer, and then realized all my friends had jobs and I had nothing to do all summer. And no money. So I watched I, Claudius. And no money. Um, <laughs> what did I want to be when I was a senior? Um, it's entirely possible that I had no idea. I knew mm. that I was going to be an English major in undergrad, um, but I knew I didn't want to be a teacher at that point. Um, so I, I think I might have been like, oh, I'll be, I'll be a lawyer or something. I, I had no idea when I was a senior. Wow. Um, I just knew I was going to go to school and major in English. That's cool. That's a pretty cool answer. I like the idea. Yeah, writing definitely. down the book. That's really cool. Okay, question two. Yeah, so what's your first memory of a library and who brought you to the library for the first time? Well, this is, this is, the two answers do not relate to each other because the first time I remember being in a library was in kindergarten in my elementary school. I remember going down there, sitting on the rug, and they read us blueberries for Sal. That I remember. Um, but I will say that I did visit the public library regularly as a child. It's just not my first memory. And we were, we were Saturday people. Um, we would, you know, my mom would do errands around town and the library was always one of our stops and you, you know, you loaded up with Nancy Drews and then you went back and made your fort that you could read in out of chairs and blankets and then you read Nancy Drews because 
I'm sure I'm not alone in that. That's oh. true. Chris read Nancy Drews. Made a fort. <laughs> you were just telling me yesterday. Sure. All right. Okay. So when did you decide to work in a library? And if not, uh, what was your first career path? You know, many librarians and staff choose other professions and use, become librarians as a second career. Um, okay. Well, it was definitely not my primary career. Um, I, I didn't decide to go to grad school until I was 30. So I spent all of my 20s, um, I don't like to call it job hopping, but um, I, did, I, did not, I did not build a career in my 20s. I just, uh, I would need a job and I would go get a job and I'd say, well, this is interesting. And then I'd be like, no, I don't like this anymore. I'm going to go do something else. And by the time I was 30, that was getting old. And I was like, all right, honey, you need to just sit down and write it down, the things that you like to do. And maybe it'll add up to a job. So I, I wrote down all my jobs and I wrote down my favorite part of every job, like, oh, in this job here, I really liked working with children. I was a camp counselor for one job. Um, in this job over here, I really liked working with the public. In this job over here, um, you know, I, you already know that I struggle with technology, but I do pick it up quickly, uh, you know, if provoked. Um, and I worked in a bookstore. I loved, you know, talking with people about books. So all of those things, I, I wrote them down and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I should go work in a public library. All That's of those things cool. together. That's great. That is neat. So um, I was like, well, then I'll just, all right, I'll go to library school. That's um, the best answer we've gotten. That is. On that question, that's the best answer. Definitely. Okay, you get to ask the next one. I do. Part B? Part B. Who was your favorite? I'm always scared to ask this. Yeah. I'll do it anyway. Who was your favorite fictional librarian? I do not have one. Um, I, and I, I, really, I really did consider this question and, and thought about it um, for a solid, like, three minutes and solid. she put a whole three solid. minutes in. No, I wasn't even that's a, a new record. It wasn't a dash to three minutes. It was a solid three minutes. Yeah, no passing. Um, and most of my fictional, my favorite fictional characters are like farmers or like the clergy. I don't have a, a favorite fictional librarian at all. Um, so I mean, I. So can we change it and be a, what's your favorite fictional <laughs> farmer or clergy member or clergy member? Um, well, okay. Are you really asking me? Yeah, sure. Why not? Since you have so many. Okay. Well, I mean, they're both cinematic, probably, um, instead of literary. But I've got to say, my favorite, my favorite member of the, the cinematic clergy. I love the Reverend <laughs> Smith from Deadwood. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and farmers. Farmer Ted. Probably. Chris. You remember Farmer Ted? No. Sixteen Candles. I'm not really a farmer. Oh, okay. Come on. I get that. It was a joke. Sorry. I was a little joke. I missed it. She she was there, but she didn't laugh. Well. No, it it just. (laughs) Ha ha. She's laughing now. It took me a second. She's quilting now. She's done with this interview. (laughs) (laughs) Riesling and quilting. That's that's it. They don't mix, incidentally. (laughs) I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. And then you could sell them as just works of abstract art. art. Yeah. Actually, we could display them in. I don't know, something like the Sachem Public Library. Oh, come on. Sorry. See what he does to me? <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, God. You're up. Okay, so what would you be doing if you were not working in a library? 
it's kind of funny um, considering that I had so many different jobs in my 20s. I'm like, no, I will. No, this is my job now and I'm going to do it forever. Um, but if, you know, if they said, no, you can't work in a library anymore, I would probably go be a cook. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's an interesting answer. Yeah. We haven't had that before. No. Short order cook or a chef or. Yeah, what type of food? Um, I, I, I can't know that. All I know is that in, in my own personal life, my, I mean, I just want to make sure everyone has something to eat. So I imagine that would translate well into being a cook. Maybe so, not. Maybe it's a horrible fit. No, it's Italian. Um, it's Italian. Maybe. Or French? No, French, Italian. Italian. I'm going with Italian. Are we predicting what her ethnicity is? Dundee. No, I'm just saying what she might be good Oh, what kind of cooking? Right. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right. So. Lovely. An Italian cook. So what is your favorite <laughs> section of the library? Um, the 900s? History, huh? Yeah. Um, if I'm, pretty much if I'm not <laughs> reading fiction, I'm reading American history. That's pretty cool. That is pretty neat. Okay, you're up. Number six. I am? You are. I just did your favorite section of the library. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then I'm up. Hello. If you had infinite space and budget, what would you add to the library? See, I thought about this one for way longer than three minutes. Um, so I work at the system, and we're not open to the public. So, you know, of course we want more funding because we could provide more services. But if we're talking about things and things that I could give to the libraries, um, you know, to the member libraries, it would not be like things that they would have to store or pay for. Mm. If I could gift them anything, I would gift them more people, more people, more hours, um, because that's, um, that's what they need. You can, you can, I mean, that's what they need. So I would, if I had, the means and the motive and the opportunity, I would make sure that uh, my libraries had the people that they wanted, you know, the level of staffing that they really needed. Okay. Now, before we ask you the next question, this is an off-road question. What is your home library? Watertown you mean Bible like library? if I didn't work in libraries, where would I go to get books out? Yeah. The Roswell P. Flower Memorial Library in Watertown. There you go. Nice name. Good plug. Or we just call it Flower. The Flower Library? Yep, the Flower Library. Is that a pretty big library or is it? What's that? Is that a large size library or is it a smaller library? Um I I would say it's certainly it's one of our central libraries. Um so it's it's one of our larger ones. Cool. Okay, you're up. What do you love about the library? So again, my, you know, my workplace is not a public library. Um, so I'm going to choose to answer this based on the Roswell P. Flower mm-hmm. Memorial Library. So what do I love about my library that I go to as a patron? Yeah. Um, in addition to the fact that um, I know all the staff because I work in the library system mm-hmm. and it feels very friendly to me because of that. It's a gorgeous building. Honestly, if the next time That's you are cool. in the North Country, please go to the Flower Library it was built, now I feel bad because I should know this because it's my library and it's our one of our central libraries, but it was built, you know, right at the, the turn of the century. It's all like marble and painted ceilings. And wow. I mean, it, when they expanded it, it's, it's more 
functional, but the the front part, the original part of the library is a work of art. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm a library geek. So when I have people come and visit me from out of town, I'm like, so, uh, I thought we would have dinner at, you know, wherever. And, um, you know, we're going to want to go visit the library. I know you'll want to see that. And I mean, that's like, that's where I take out of town people is yeah. to the library because it's just gorgeous. That's library pretty neat. Road trip. Road trip. Sure. We're going. What's the weirdest thing that's ever happened at your library? Now, I know your your library isn't open to the public, so I will well, will allow you to take some poetic license. I'm going to because I when I was a children's librarian, and I still don't know if this was I mean, it was clearly a prank, but it was one of the best and most like X-Files pranks there ever was. So in the it was a very long building, and so you couldn't always see everything, especially in the nonfiction stacks. You couldn't see everything from the desk. So one day, I went to grab a nonfiction book off the shelf, and a bunch of uncooked rice was dislodged, and, I'm, and it spilled all over the floor. And I was like, that was super weird. And, you know, I just, you know, I, I got the vacuum out and I vacuumed it up. I mean, not a lot. We're talking like less than a handful of rice. We're talking like 20 grains of rice wow. on the floor. Vacuumed it up. Didn't think a thing about it. Happened again hmm. to someone else. They pulled a book out of nonfiction and it dislodged this uncooked rice. Totally different area in nonfiction. <laughs> and it happened probably about five or six times. And we were like, who is doing this? How are we not no, like? How are we not seeing someone walking in with rice right. and putting it on the tops of the books so that whenever they're dislodged, we have to go vacuum it up? It's the best prank ever, and I don't, I do not like pranks because I don't like how it makes people feel, and I don't like the cleanup factor right. because if something is destructive, then it's not funny. But. It wasn't destructive. It was just bewildering. And to this day, it is the strangest thing that has ever happened. Really? We That's never right. found out who did it. We uh. never found out when they were doing it. And we were like just all, what is going on here? It started happening upstairs in the adult department. And it, I mean, we, it was best library. I mean, I shouldn't even talk about it because now I'm going to give other people ideas. Be like, yeah. oh, that's a great prank. Did you, check, did you check YouTube? I did not check YouTube. What do you think we're doing on Monday? You could be a YouTube star and not even know it. Chris and I, <laughs> Monday, Chris and I are just planting rice all over our libraries That's now. That's what's going to happen. Bye. You know what? I'll do, it, I'll do it at Sagem. You go do it at Emma. This way. Whatever. Yeah, and you know what will happen? He'll do it at Sagem and he'll get a laugh. I'll walk into Emma and get arrested. Mm-hmm. There's, a guy with, <laughs> there's a guy with rice coming into and the and building. Throwing, Arrest him immediately. He's, he's throwing it at the librarians. No, that's not how this works. No. You're supposed to put it on top of the books. <laughs> It was just so strange, and I, like I said, we never we never found out the well, story behind it. That is really funny. Maybe the podcast will help with that. Oh, maybe. No, mm-hmm. no, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next thing you know, people in Denmark will be putting rice on top of books. Yeah, all because of Angela. Yeah, that's right. It's an out to the international world. incident. Well, yeah. Well, nowadays, yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. So, who is your favorite regular? I never know what you mean by this, but who is your favorite regular patron? Well, can I explain why I have this question? If when you, when you work the reference desk, you see this, some of the same people over and over again, and mm-hmm. some of them are very nice, and they become like your favorite. Others. 
others not. Hmm. And that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> right. Probably for the best. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and again, you can adapt this because of the nature of, of course, your position. Um, I would say from when I was a children's librarian, um, in the children's department, unless you're having a pajama story time in the mm-hmm. evening, and we were open till nine o'clock every night, like every weeknight. After the after work rush, it gets very slow in the children's department, unless you're having a program. But um, I always had this, um, these two sisters that would come in with their mom and they came in the same night every week and they were the only people in the children's department and they would just tell me about their day and tell me about, oh, I love this book or, um, and they just became my, you know, my regulars and I so looked forward to seeing them like nights that they wouldn't come in and be like, oh, they should be here by now. Um, (laughs) And, and they were just lovely. I mean, they, they had to be maybe six and four. I mean, they, they were quite, quite young girls and they just, they were so enthusiastic about coming to the library. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the part I miss actually, um, about working directly with the public or moments like that with young children where you see their excitement for visiting the library. Yeah. So. That's true. I like it. It's nice when you see people want to be in the library, you know, it, Sometimes I, I work in adults, but we can hear children's from across the way. And on a daily, daily basis, you hear kids screaming and crying because they don't want to leave. Mm. And my <laughs> colleagues go, ugh, another kid. And I'm like, no, don't, don't you realize that this is probably the best endorsement for a library mm-hmm. ever? Yeah. That a child is being dragged out kicking and screaming because they want to stay? <laughs> you, know, you know, you have to take that and say that that's actually a good thing, you know, but I don't know. People don't always understand that. Well, and also with children, sometimes it's really has nothing to do with the library at all. Sometimes they just want to stay wherever they are and they don't want to move. She they totally could be, you know, everything, with you at the DMV. Point. Just wiped out my whole theory. Chris's entire theory <laughs> and point for working in library. You might as well quit now. Oh, God. They're going to drag and I'm scream. Just no, you're absolutely right. They would drag and, sc- and scream out of a DMV or something like that. I guess I have to go answer that canvas letter then for police you dispatching. Probably should, huh? yeah. yeah. Well, then you can drag and scream out. I mean, then you can drag screaming kids and adults out of places if you That's true. go do that. Yeah. Okay, last question. Mm-hmm. What are people without library cards missing out on? Screaming children. <laughs> um. I feel I feel kind of like silly, like I'm going to give you the yearbook answer. Um, let me let me ask you first. What what have some other people said? Because I don't I really don't want to. We don't remember. We don't uh, remember. One, one answer was everything. Yeah. Um, another was uh, access to information that mm-hmm. you wouldn't get otherwise. Yeah. Uh, re- wealth re- of knowledge, resources, databases, resources. help, guidance. And in fact, in at the Canton Library, Krista Briggs. Oh. Um, oh, come on. Well, this is genius. She said that librarians were wizards. Mm. And I've always remembered that because oh, it's, it, it's kind of true. Why don't you put the fade-out music on during that moment? You just... Da, 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 oh, God. Kind of float out there. No, but I think it's true. She asked what some of it's the answers absolute, were. Absolutely true. So? Um, well, then, in, in that case, I am going to give you my yearbook answer, but I'm, I'm going to explain it a little bit. So my my... If I was talking to the press, and this is my polished answer, is they're missing out on an amazing return on their investments. 
Um, but what, what I mean by that, going into a little bit more depth, is we all pay taxes. We all, we all support a number of public services. Hmm. But I don't, I was going to say, I don't always need to call the fire department. I don't ever need to call the fire department, luckily. <laughs> Hopefully that um, stays that way. Exactly. But, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm glad I have police in my city, but I, I don't need to call them. I, I pay school taxes. I do not have children in school. Um, I pay taxes on my library and I can go to my life. Like, I mean, yeah. do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's, it's something that it's not, you can use it all the time. Hmm. So, um, you know, I think it really is a great return on your investment that you can see, um, whenever you want, you can, you know, choose your own adventure there. Yeah. That's a great answer. That is a good. Answer. That's a very good answer. Okay. Well, you've survived. <laughs> I've earned my Riesling. You have. You earned, have. You've earned a case of Riesling. Exactly. <laughs> Putting up with us. Exactly. God. So, you know, thank you so much for being such a good sport and answering our list of questions. And, um, it was great having you on the podcast. Uh, thank you. It was my pleasure. So we're going to give you some plugs and say check out The Frozen Librarian's blog at thefrozenlibrarian.blogspot.com, on Twitter at, at thefrozenlibrarian, and you can visit the North Country Library System website at web.ncls.org. Uh, do you want to give a plug for your Goodreads? <laughs> no, I told you I lurk. <laughs> you can nice. find my Weren't you listening? <laughs> <laughs> No, you can find my Goodreads through my blog. I think I link out to it from my About Me page. Okay. You know what's great is you've got two weeks to completely update your blog. So you can post like every day so that people can scroll back and be like, wow, she's really on top of this. She's going to pour a glass and start right now. And start updating, yeah. And then she'll go back tomorrow and delete most of the stuff she posts. Exactly, exactly. And get to work on the Library Pros quilt, by the way. I need that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we'll put all the links up on the the website for – Everything having to do with the Frozen Librarian. And um, so mm. that's all the time we have for this edition. If you have any questions or comments, <clears throat> if you have any questions or comments for the show, please go to the contact us section of our website at, at thelibrarypros.com. We will also have notes and links to all of our episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at, at thelibrarypros or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thelibrarypros. And so you don't miss a thing, don't forget to subscribe on RSS, iTunes, Android, email, and Google Play. Remember, the opinions stated by the library pros and their guests are solely those of Chris and Bob, and not those of the Sachem Public Library, the MS Clark Memorial Library, the North Country Library System, or even the Flower Library. So, thanks for coming, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to the Library Pros Podcast. The Library Pros are brought to you by Pippet Productions and by the library pros themselves, Krista Cristofaro and Bob Johnson. Special thanks to Sachin Public Library for providing space for this podcast. Until the next turn of the page, I'm your announcer, Carlton Welch.